You are listening to a Mining Stock Daily podcast. Hello and welcome to episode two of the AME podcast, Exploration Matters, the podcast for people interested in why exploration matters and the matters that impact successful exploration. I'm your host, Kylie Williams, and today is Wednesday, June 29. On the pod today, we have two great interviews that explore ESG, environment, social and governance in mineral exploration and mining. The first is a conversation with Jamie Strauss, founder of Digby, a company helping other companies make sense of ESG data and disclosure. The second interview is with a voice very familiar to Mining Stock Daily listeners and AME members alike, former chair of the AME board, Rob McLeod. Rob is president and CEO of Black Wolf Copper and Gold, a junior company exploring in Northwest BC and into Southern Alaska. We asked Rob to talk about how they are building a positive ESG culture at the grassroots exploration stage in that part of the world. But before we dive into the interviews, let's take a look at some news from around the province. Drills are turning at projects across British Columbia, and companies are starting to report on results from drill programs completed earlier in 2022. In central BC, Kodiak Copper reported today on results for the first four holes from their 2022 drill program at their MPD Copper Gold Porphyry project. These new results confirm wide intervals of significant mineralization are present between earlier drill holes in the area. Also in central BC, Pacific Ridge Exploration announced that field crews have mobilized to the Kilul Copper Gold project and that camp construction is underway. Pacific Ridge are anticipating a 6,000 metre drill program at Kalul this year, and the exploration camp there will also support activities at their nearby uh, RDP Copper Gold Project, 40 kilometres to the west. Down in southern BC, Endurance Gold reported additional excellent near-service high-grade results from their 2022 RC drill program at their Reliance Gold property. These latest reported assay results are for the furthest southeast RC holes completed at the Eagle area, which indicates that mineralization remains open to expansion to the southeast. And finally, a reminder to the professional geologists and engineers listening today who are registered in BC, don't forget to double check the Engineers and Geoscientists BC website before the Canada Day long weekend, because you have some significant annual reporting deadlines coming up on June 30. And now, a word from today's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Digby. Digby is a technology company that builds solutions for the extractive mining industry. With their mining ESG disclosure platform, database and research reports, Digby aims to mitigate risk, improve transparency and foster a stronger and better global mining community for all. Digby's overriding mission is to make mining better. Learn more at digby.com. Our 
first guest today is Jamie Strauss, founder, CEO, and chairman of Digby. Jamie has a passion for the mining sector and a clear determination to improve its perception at a time when its products are increasingly recognized as being critical to the world's transition to a sustainable future. With over 30 years experience with mining finance and over a decade leading companies as an independent director, he boldly launched Digby to provide a right-sized and standardized set of ESG frameworks for the sector to mitigate risk and provide a credible means to track ESG for all stakeholders. Jamie spoke at the ESG session at AME Roundup back in January, and I started by asking him what had changed in the last five to six months. There's been a lot of change. I mean, there's been a bit of, there's been quite a lot of pushback on the sustainability world. Sustainability funds have kind of not performed very well. They often said they're even being outperformed by uh, uh, dirty sectors. One imagines uh, the raw materials sector coming up there, which is an unfair uh, position because so much good is being done within ESG and sustainability within the within the industry. So we need to communicate better. We need to um, we need to be able to measure in order to manage. Uh, and communicate. I'd like to pick up on what you said about um, communicating the good that our industry does. And obviously, we can't do that with just words. We need data to back that up. It feels like a burden sometimes to collect this data. But what are the benefits of collecting it and using it to communicate our worth? Yeah, that's great. Great question. And the answer of collecting it, but also if I don't want to, if I, if I don't oversimplify this, also putting it into pictures, which anybody can understand and have credibility on and have reliance on. And, you know, ESG is not complicated at the end of the day. We've made it complicated. But you want to have all of your the supply chain. You want to have the local communities. You want to have local governments. You want to have investors, debt holders, whoever happens to be, even recruitment to go and try and get uh, Generation Z, Generation uh, whatever to come into the mining industry. We want people to know which of the companies which really are embracing and trying to improve and producing the products, obviously, for a transition to a sustainable future, which ones are doing well. So data collection is important because of the integrity. You want to make sure that you're collecting the right data, so ask the right questions, making sure that it goes through a process which effectively has credibility behind it, whether it's supporting it through evidence and narrative, whether it's uh, having board of director approval before you submit, but most importantly, having an independent assessment. Because if you can get an independent assessment, then effectively you can create value for the company, for the management, for the board in terms of creating a roadmap, but also allowing, if you then go and put it into pictures and easy to read narrative, you can then effectively communicate that to all these different stakeholders. And that to me is the the, the greatest joy of this because there's so much we can do to... Uh, to communicate to different groups uh, uh, in society and therefore improve confidence and credibility for the sector as a whole. That's great. I Something I picked up on there is that communicating it in pictures and in, in stories and narrative, and that sounds like something that we should be doing throughout the year rather than just in like save it all up for an annual report or a or a sustainability publication once a year so what what are your suggestions when it comes to you know releasing data and and you know making it visual and and sharing it throughout the year so 
So, so that's really important. So I, we really believe that the document which we provide to the companies, the report that goes back, is a live document. It's a live document with which they, whether it's the board or the management or a combination of the two, and ultimately in certainly no doubt parts of it to go throughout, down through the organisation, can refer to could, because they effectively know that they're going to come up with another independent assessment and they want to move the dial from the left to the right uh, and therefore continually improve and therefore uh, no doubt do good, but also be able to communicate a positive uh, story. Um, we want to ultimately move to live reporting and that will uh, no doubt happen. Um, but what I, think is, what I think is important from the uh, stakeholder point of view, whether they be a shareholder or whatever, is to be able to simply understand how that data is provided, that there is um, appropriate, robust procedures behind it, and that it's created a value add to the company in order to then build upon that and go forward. And therefore, everybody gets a benefit from that, whether it's nature, environments, uh, emissions, uh, local government or communities or shareholders or whatever, that it can be credibly tracked. And if you can show that direction of travel, which is positive, we will improve confidence in the sector and ultimately find new pools of capital coming into it. Interesting. So what are some easy wins that, uh, you know, the summer field season is starting here in BC. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our members and, and companies are heading out into the field and around the world. Uh, what are some easy wins? Like what are some uh, stories that they can collect or some some data that they can, you know, profile on their social media or or corporate presentations or whatever they're putting together, what are some easy wins that they can start working on today? Well, the, the, the easiest win is to say, I'm committing or I am, we are committing the company to go through an independent process. Because if you can commit to that and you share that, and you'll see many of our customers have done an early uh, press release to say, we are committing to going through either a Digby process or, or ultimately if there are others, that raises confidence that other people can look into that company and say, we know that they are now looking at ESG as a total basket mm -hmm. because there are 35 different topics and that they are prepared to be uh, transparently uh, assessed. Now, that's the easiest win. It's an easy statement, which you then have to obviously follow up on and yep. go through the process. Um, but, the, but the other wins are starting baseline studies early. Now, yep. We know that costs money, but nevertheless, all of this costs money. Everything costs money these days. So yeah. um, sadly, more than it probably did last year in, in, in our world of inflation at the moment. But <laughs> yes. um, baseline, baseline studies help allow everybody to, uh, to track, measure, and therefore improve. And that's the same with ESG. If you, don't, if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. If you can't manage it, you can't communicate it effectively. Mm -hmm. I just got a smart meter at home with the electricity, which they're rolling out here in the UK. The impact it has had on, frankly, even my small kids, six, seven and eight, <laughs> yeah. you know, who can see, who can now begin to understand money and everything. The impact that they had, it, they now turn the lights off rather than leaving <laughs> them on. It's a and miracle. It's exactly the same. Yep. If you can measure it and you have confidence in that measurement, then you can manage it. And there's nothing like an independent assessment to effectively allow you to, uh, uh, to, 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 to fall back on that. For an exploration company, for many of your members, yep. uh, relying on data is not actually so critical from our point of view. 
Okay. Uh, and I don't mean that in terms of collecting, you know, X number of this or X number of that. If they get on board and it's free to onboard and get access to our framework, so any of your members can can call, we can give them an onboarding and they can get the frameworks for free, which will give them the blueprint to know how to disclose. Yep. Um, it's a real service for the industry. There's no hooks or anything. There's no commitment. So yep. if they do that, they'll see from the questions that uh, we're really asking them, what are they doing? What are they trying to achieve in any one particular area? rather than the reliance, as many of the ratings agencies do, on historical data, which is a bit of a blunt tool. Mm. I'm not saying it's completely useless, but it's a bit of a blunt tool. So don't rely too much, don't worry too much, particularly at the early stage of exploration and early development, on whether or not your contractors have got that data or not. Mm. It's a matter of getting the culture in place, embracing it in a common sense approach, and therefore then leading that forward to then taking your company and your projects uh, down the route of sustainability on a common sense process or approach. Yeah, absolutely. So to wrap up our conversation today, what are the benefits of collecting those, those pieces of information along the way, communicating them regularly and uh, rather than saving them up for a single report at the end of the year? Yeah, good question. I mean, look, um, no investor expects one to change overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't show a plan of action, then don't expect to be embraced by investors. And that's where we're going now. But it's equally important to communicate not just to investors, but to all stakeholders. You know, what's much more important today is talking to your community than it is maybe talking to an investor and having your community on board. And, and, and the way we're going to get over a lot of these issues is to be able to communicate. ESG is not some new science fiction thing. It's common sense for the mining industry. It's social license. So let's, let's just move it into some sort of codified way. Yep. And then let's communicate credibly to all different types of stakeholders. And if that allows better engagement with your local community, if that allows better engagement with younger generations to come in and give them confidence that mining is actually not so bad in the end. Um, Or communicate if you're trying to maybe go out and get some sustainably linked debt. You've now got a tool with which you can do that. That's been frozen for this industry. How can we communicate further than that? How can we move uh, our sustainable actions as a company and as a management team into the supply chain, maybe through blockchain or whatever else it happens to be. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to communicate effectively. If again, I've said this before, if you can't, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it, and therefore you can't communicate it. And that's not unique to the mining industry. That's unique to to all mankind. So. The benefits are very straightforward. It's having a level of integrity that raises credibility for this industry, frankly, for the first time in a long time. And to be able to do that in a way that will pull in all of these other wonderful pools of people and money or, uh, or whatever else it happens to be to allow your members um, to take their projects forward uh, and move them hopefully down the, uh, uh, the development pipeline through ultimately into production and get better pricing at the end of it in their products. Yeah, that's another thing we didn't really talk about today, but ultimately a smelter or a refiner will only be able to take uh, sustainable uh, products. Mm. Uh, otherwise there'll be a discount. What better way than being able to measure it? 
absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for this discussion today. It's combined two of my favorite things, which is uh, sustainability and communication. So I'm really excited about that message. And I and, think and, it's... And oh. that, is, that, is, that is so much it. It's not about one or the other. It's yep. the two of them hand in hand. This industry has so much to give, uh, but we need to be able to communicate more effectively to, to so many different groups. Thank you so much for your time today, Jamie. And uh, I look forward to having you on the show again really soon um, and to chatting to some of your clients and partners. Kylie, thanks so much indeed. Really enjoyed it. Look forward to talking again. Following on from Jamie's comments, our next guest offers us some hands-on practical advice from his projects in Northwest BC. My name is Rob McLeod. Uh, I am the CEO of Black Wolf Copper and Gold, and our projects are located on the Pacific Northwest in Southeast Alaska, uh, near my hometown of Stewart. Uh, there, we have four different pro uh, projects and our flagship projects located on Prince Wales Island, uh, which is due east of the community of Ketchikan. Amazing. So what are some of the, uh, the ESG, I guess, uh, issues and challenges in that part of the world? Like what are some of the focuses that you, you have when it comes to ESG in that area? Well, uh, there's there's certainly regional specifics, but a lot of any issues on the ESG side is it's kind of the same all over the planet. It's uh, it's uh, uh, communities, particularly uh, indigenous groups, and consulting uh, with with them on many different levels uh, with with the broader communities and all stakeholders. Um, you know, uh, meeting or uh, certainly exceeding environmental um, guidance and, and compliance, which is either issued in permits or where you want to go if you have an advanced project to try and get it uh, into production. And as well as, you know, being an advocate for um, things that your um, particular company, and in case of, of for, for us, Black Wolf, where we want to be on the cutting edge of um, of uh, uh, innovation and inclusion in mm. in everything we do, both you know on uh, on the ground and as a in a corporate sense. And so, how do you uh, communicate that to not only investors but also also to the community? Like, how do you get that message across that you're um, key, you know, focuses are innovation and inclusion. How do you communicate that kind of on the ground? So the, uh, the, the first thing is to do it. <laughs> and, you know, my, my, my experience for, for, you know, particularly working in, in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, in, uh, my, my hometown of Stewart's and, uh, the, uh, traditional territory and treaty territory of, uh, of the Nishka nation <laughs> is you, um, consult, you empower, uh, which, you know, and this is where it's specifics where, you know, you, you bring in locals, you train them and you put them in uh, positions to be successful and you make your, your working environment, your project environment camps and, and stuff uh, to be really positive in places that local people in the local communities um, uh, and, and, and uh, First Nations or Alaska Natives 
really want to work. And, you know, in, in the case of my previous company with where, where I learned a lot in terms of, you know, honestly, how to do things right with IBM mining mm-hmm. was to do just that where, and it gets out into the communities and to the leadership that it's a good company, that the, the, uh, the, the managers and the leaders within that company uh, um, are, are good people and have the best intent for their mining and exploration projects. So that's how you do it first. And then when you're communicating, you know, it's, I'm, I'm pretty active on, on social media as you know, many others, particularly young people, that's where it gets out. You're out there and you've got a crew of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, uh, of samplers and geologists is, you know, get it out there and let people know their, their faces and names, encourage them to build up their own social networks. And that's where, you know, um, it, the, uh, the, uh, that, that engagement and that consulting, you know, component is, uh, it, 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 it gets out and gets, gets broadcast. And how important is it to, uh, get off on the right foot uh, in this, you know, with that mentality of the project and, and thinking in terms of, you know, if this project becomes more advanced and, and bigger companies can't start sniffing around to, to be interested in the project, how, is important, how important is it to communicate that, um, that inclusion? Oh, it, oh it, it's, yeah. it, it, it's absolutely imperative. You know, mm. if, if bigger companies come and sniff around, you know, their their uh, uh, corporate development and technical teams, you know, they use Google as much as the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, if if you're going onto a company's Twitter or LinkedIn feed or whatever, and and you know that they they see it's quite popular and that there's you know a lot of um, uh, of positive uh, uh, community engagement mm-hmm. and being, a, you know, uh, a contributor to that local community is that usually, you know, uh, uh, speaks m- much greater volumes than if it's, you know, some, some uh, cor- corporate wonk in the head office like me here that calls them <laughs> up and say, yeah, we've got such great community relations, trust me. Yep. And so, um, you know, that's where, and, you know, when, when those companies come up and do due diligence, you know, that certainly the savvy ones. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen it many times those where, you know, if if there's a, um, uh, you know, a, a rainbow of different faces, particularly, you know, local indigenous groups and people from, you know, the the, the, the local communities and, and, you know, good balance of, of uh, men and women and different ages you know, that, that speaks well to a really uh, healthy company. So, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, and, and then it's actually, it's pretty apparent out there and not to, not to throw stones at other companies is where you can see others where it's really forced, right. Mm. You know, where they're trying to, you know, show that they've got this great relationship with, with local indigenous groups and, and, and communities. Yep. And, um, and maybe it's not quite like that, right? Yeah. So sincerity is the most difficult thing to fake. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I like that a lot. What I'm hearing is that, um, you know, you have, you build that uh, community uh, within the project and then you show it along the way rather than saving it up for an annual report or a, a corporate presentation. Um, you make it kind of organic and, and feed it in drips 
um, to the community and to the investors. Is that what you recommend for yeah, uh, for younger oh, companies? Yeah, for yeah, for sure. And you know, but it, but again, it's one of many many different components, like um, uh, in in leading by example, like uh, you know, for example. Um, uh, it, we just had our uh, annual general meeting with Black Wolf, and mm-hmm. um, uh, the, to my knowledge, the first Nishka uh, citizen of the Nishka Nation uh, was elected to a public mining company board of directors, a uh, gentleman oh, wow. named Matt Moore. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, um, this was something where, you know, hey, the the nation, they're, they're my friends. Um, I really want to see them help build, build capacity, which yeah. includes, you know, in the public war. Uh, uh, and so as Matt sat on a board before, nope. Is he the most experienced? No, not at all. Is it, he's an economist. Mm. Does he know uh, a lot about mining? We'll, we'll be teaching him, but yeah. he will be able to bring all sorts of other really important skills to our board of directors. Yep. And so, you know, did anybody tell us to do this? No, nope. we did this because this is, again, the the, the, the right thing to do. And, yep. and even though that's that's it, like our Niblack pro- project, that's in the traditional territory of of uh, uh, Coastal Clinket and, and Simpson and, and Haida people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, the area around Haida, Alaska, and this is where it kind of gets interesting, what are some local issues is, you know, this is uh, uh, right on the Alaska side of the border with the Golden Triangle in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, the, 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 the vast, vast majority of Nishka residents live in Canada, mm-hmm. even though this is, we believe, this area of Alaska. Um, uh, was uh, was traditional territory for for, for Nishka people, so we do consult them, um, and then you know there's there's uh, additional interesting components to working in Alaska that all Alaska uh, uh, the uh, the vast majority of Native land claims were settled there back in 1971. So oh. there's a there's a unique uh, consultation program program or process that goes on. In, yeah. uh, in in Alaska, say versus British Columbia, even um, though geologically and geographically it's the same region. I know you, it's you, an artificial you, line. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, or say for the the community of Hyder, and this one's a little bit easier for me because it's you know I know a quarter of the town quite well actually, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know you you uh, you you know help with community events and hire local. Mm. And uh, consult with them on, on on other aspects as well too. So yeah. So th- this is how it all starts, and then how how does it get reporting? Well, it's great companies like Digby are are and uh, in, are being innovative to try and bring you know this really really you know the the, the most critical aspect to uh, mining and mineral exploration, um, the impact on local communities yep. uh, to uh, to investors around the world. Thank you so much for your time today, Rob. You've really given us those two sides of the coin. There's that, you know, formal reporting side of ESG, but then there's the like living what you say, you know, doing what you say you're going to do and and living those values um, and bringing everyone along with you. So um, is there any final comments that you'd like to say to um, people working around the province this summer? Build local residents and First Nations up as much as you can. Give people the chance, even if you 
you know, certain individuals might be the most, not have the, the highest education and experience give people the opportunities to get an increasingly uh, more uh, uh, senior roles with, mm. with your projects, build people up. And we will have a more inclusive industry. I'm pretty, I'm proud of our industry now, but but there's still so much more room to move uh, for uh, for being being inclusive and 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 uh, uh, really being the, uh, the 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 global the best in ESG globally. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully, we'll have you on Thank the you. show again soon, and you have a really great and successful summer. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the AME podcast, Exploration Matters. Exploration Matters is a Mining Stock Daily partner production. I'm your host, Kylie Williams, and today's episode was recorded on the traditional unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Once again, thank you to our sponsor Digby for today's episode. If you would like any more information on anything we've discussed in the episode today, visit amebc.ca and have a safe day every day. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. The Association for Mineral Exploration BC and Mining Stock Daily are not responsible for any loss arising from any decision connected to the information presented herein. Please do your research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions. 